Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. Through many trials and tribulations, we are actually going to bring you this episode. It's been a crazy week for myself. My name is Daniel John Schaefer, and this is the KG Cast Lush. Mm. How you feeling, Cast? I'm feeling great. I cannot wait to talk about these two pay-per-views. I think this is the most excited I've ever been. Through all the shows, I am so hyped up and ready to go. I can't wait to discuss these two pay-per-views, NXT TakeOver and 1999 Hardcore Heaven. Let's yes, do it. Yes, sir, man. NXT 25, their 25th TakeOver versus ECW's Hardcore Heaven 1999. Man, it's the first time we've done an NXT show. It's the first time we've done an ECW show. Uh, so let's just go ahead and start with the nostalgia, man. Let's start with the uh, ECW Hardcore Heaven. Dude, the fans were hype in 99. Like, they were hot from the beginning of this, this show. Uh, I mean, seeing Chris Candido made me happy. It was nice to see him. Uh, the production quality was absolutely trash, uh, which is, you know, kind of a staple of ECW at this point. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, this this was an actual pay-per-view, just so you know. This is a paid thing that people paid for in 1999. I just want to keep that in perspective. Uh, the chants about Sonny were pretty interesting, but man, it was, it was a weird open. How did you feel about like the opening package and, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on the opening package and the opening matches here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me start off by saying this. This was the first time I ever actually sat down and watched ECW programming. Okay. The original ECW programming. Now I love the documentary. I've actually watched the rise and fall of ECW about a million times. I could probably quote that movie. I could probably tell you everything about that documentary, the rise and fall of ECW. I love it. Okay. But this was the first time I've actually sat down and watched the actual product. Now, saying that, my first thoughts right off the bat were, wow, I mean, there's good lighting here. The camera looks good. But it sounded like dude standing in the middle of the ring sounded like he had one of those karaoke machines that you can buy from Walmart where you plug in the microphone. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. I had no idea. Wrestlers were coming in the ring, grabbing the mic, talking. I, I, had, I literally had no idea what was going on at the opening of the show because it sounded like a karaoke machine it was hooked rough. up to it a was microphone. Real rough, yeah. It was worse than my backyard wrestling federation. It was that bad. I could not understand the, the but the lighting and the camera and the angles and they had handhelds, that all was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting that from ECW. Yeah. But so the sound like, was so bad. Yeah, like the sound it, quality was just I started awful. it's funny cuz my notes were like, "Oh wow, the production's great." And then all of a sudden they started talking and I was like, "Oh, no, it's actually terribly terribly bad um so i didn't know what was going on and i put candido versus taz question mark i guess that's what's happening because i couldn't hear what was going on i, I didn't know they talked about something and then candido sunny comes out which is great any time of the week <laughs> uh taz you know cool um i really didn't I, it was so quick i had no idea what was going on and then at the end the commentary was terrible throughout this whole pay-per-view by the way the end of the match they ended up saying this was for the the title it was like wait what why would you just now tell us this is for the title i, I guess they probably told us in the microphone stuff that was going on but there's literally i have no, my they, they tv didn't. turned but the up story, the storyline leaning like so initially this pay-per-view was billed as chris candido versus Taz for the world heavyweight championship 
So that's yeah, but why they, I like. Well, but they didn't tell us that. I mean, yeah, you right, have to right, right. But it, the yeah, show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, they right. never told us. They never, and I'm what I, like they literally never told us. And then the commentary at the end said, "Oh, and this is for the oh, and he kept the title. I think it was something like that. And Taz keeps the title because this is for the title. I was like, what? Why? When was that a title match? I gave it an F. And and then. And then I'm going to keep going, if you don't mind, yeah, to, because totally. the match kind of kept going. The Dudleys are out there. Balls Mahoney's out there. Again, I have no idea what's going on. Um, Spike comes out, which I love Spike Dudley. Spike's not on the Dudley side. I have no commentary help whatsoever. Literally yeah. some of the worst commentary. And, Agreed. And, and, Agreed. And, which is funny because we're going to go over to that NXT pay-per-view. NXT 25. Is it 25? Yes, it is. Some Dude, of the six, best yeah. commentary I've ever heard in my life. And it's a three-man group. And I know I've, I've said stuff about three-man group. Uh, I know you've said stuff about three-man booth. I don't like three-man booth. But NXT perfected it. Man, those three should get an award. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll Back get there. to the two-man booth at at this show, there was literally spot. I don't want to, to jump to other matches where you'd sit there for it felt like five minutes and the commentary wasn't even talking. Yeah, they were just watching. I don't know if that was like ECW trying to be cool, but yo, I don't know what the f is going on. All right, so yeah. the same thing was happening here. Nobody knew what's going on with either one of these matches. So, and especially for pay-per-view, people are paying into this. You can't expect them to have been watching. And I mean, yeah, I guess if you're going to pay for it, you've probably been watching. But I mean, this is like a high thing. You, people have people over. You know, it's an event. It's pay-per-view. People are watching. You gotta be. You gotta be on your game. You gotta have packages at the beginning of the of matches. Absolutely. I mean, it's simple. It's simple stuff. I mean, come on. The con- And then I know they didn't have the money to do all that. They had a couple packages here or there, but at least explain stuff. And then they kept waiting to the end of the match to explain what the hell the match was for. Again, cut it short. This match sucked. Both two F's in a row. F and an F. What did you think about? Candido versus Taz, and also uh, the Dudleys versus Balls Mahoney. I guess was it two versus one? I don't know because they never told me. Well, it was Balls Mahoney and Spike, but yeah, man. I mean, I was kind of that was Balls versus Spike. No, it was Balls and Spike versus the Dudleys. Oh, because yeah, yeah. Out later, right, right, right. Joining like yeah, yeah. I tried. I did my best to to keep up with this Heyman horse crap, but yeah, man. I mean. Dude, uh, yeah, I mean, the impromptu main event felt like there's got, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure Candido was injured at this time. I normally have a chance to look up some dirt sheet stuff about these shows uh, beforehand, but I didn't this time. So you're actually going to get a raw reaction from ECW. Um, it did feel like, though, there was, a, you know, like they had built this show for Candido versus Taz, which would have been a fantastic main event. Uh, it seemed like they just couldn't make that happen. So you had an impromptu main event to open the show. Uh, Taz goes over in a pretty much a squash. Uh, and the Dudleys come in and cut off the finish. Um, you know, a long Bubba promo about nothing. Like, just Bubba just trying to get heat. It it was not... Like, that's the thing, too. Like, I, I mean, throughout this show, you're trying to build the Dudleys to be a main event threat to the title. And the initial promo here was just so wizard of Oz and all over the place and made no sense whatsoever. It was just, 
rambling. Um, you know, yeah. I'm sure Bubba would look back on this and be like, man, that was rough. Uh, I mean, but this was a pay-per-view, guys. Like, people paid for this. So, yeah, that initial Taz and Candido, like, thing, again, zero stars, F, like, same same as you. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, Balls hits the ring, and it turns into this Balls, Mahoney, and Spike versus the Dudley Dudleys, and it's just, uh, I mean... It, who cares? Like it just—it didn't make any sense. There was no reason for anyone to care. It was like a hot open for a pay per view for no good reason, really. Um, I mean, the crowd was hot, which is kind of crazy. To you know, like to me, it's like it's kind of crazy that like, especially how many how much ECW I've watched. Like, it's crazy how devoted those fans were because it didn't. It. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. ECW wasn't good. It was never good. It was never good. Even when they had good wrestlers, like they had, they'd have two or three good matches on a show at best, two or three good matches. Normally, maybe one good match, and the rest of it was rough. Like, you know, I, I know it has a place in history, and, you know, hats off to them. They did it. I haven't. So, you know, what do I know? I'm just a Mark here talking on a podcast. But this Mark's perspective is that ECW was trash as far as creative and production. Um, Man, this was just, you know, and once again, once it turned into the tag match, it was just everyone in the match was over live, but there was just no continuity. There was it was just like spectacle. Like it was almost like the crowd was popping, not for for any emotional reason, but just for the car crash that they were seeing on TV. And it makes sense because, you know, like Jerry Springer was popular at the time and and that whole like vibe was this was the late 90s for sure but i mean it doesn't get you invested in the product it doesn't make ecw over to the mainstream audience if i'm if i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna buy a pay-per-view i've heard a lot about ecw i bought this pay-per-view in 99 if i watch this pay-per-view i'm literally never ever buying another pay-per-view or watching this show ever so you know what you know what it is though and as i sit here as and i didn't write this down and i'm sorry to interrupt you but i just had this thought i just had this thought because you just said something. You said the reason it popped in my head is because you said I don't, I haven't done it. They did it. But here's the thing, man. Even if me and you say we were gonna put on a wrestling show, almost anybody with any kind of motivation would have checked the audio. It was almost this show was like no, I agree. Lazy. This I was agree. lazy. Right, but you have to understand too. This is 1999, and this is a independent promotion. Essentially, the, okay. Let's be really honest. The laziness. Okay. okay. All right. I'm gonna. All right. I'm gonna do this again. This is the second episode in a row, but I want you to dial in and get real close. Let's do it. ECW was the NXT of the '90s. Dude, You're just high. Dude, just okay. Okay. How how many ECW stars? How many how many of the guys that we saw on this show that were great, that were actually pretty decent, made it to WWE and did well there, but different. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got I'll a wait. point there. I'll wait, I mean, the Dudleys, Spike. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, you want me to actually RBD? even Balls, Mahon- Ball Ma- Balls, Balls Mahoney Ball. came to the WWE even. No, but Taz, you know, Dudley's super crazy. Taka Mishinohu, well, he he came too there. Never mind, Taka but uh, Tajiri, Tajiri, he came from ECW there. I mean, um, do we have a single match without WWE guys or eventually became WWE guys? Do we have a, a single FBI? match? FBI, uh, little Guido, he, he, he was storm, Tommy dreamer. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and they were, they were pretty much, they were ECW, you know, it's, it's well known. ECW was kind of a, a, they were uh, paid, dude. Yeah. Vince was paying Paul Heyman. 
to have well, guys like Takamichi Noku on this show were still under contract to the WWF at the time. That's why he wore WWF tights and they allowed it to be put on a pay-per-view. That's why. Because they were a, a development territory. Right. And Paul they Heyman were, they weren't technically to cover they it up. Technically, but they were. They were. It wasn't, they were. It wasn't like written and written down as a contract, but they were. Like you're they saying, were. it was agreed. It was a it was a backdoor handshake. I mean, either anyway, way, two, two anyway, matches in. Yeah, two matches you, in. We got zeros. Two matches yeah. in and nothing. So let's jump on yeah. on over to uh, NXT Takeover 25. I had no idea they'd done 25 takeovers. It makes sense considering they do like three or four per year. But yeah, man. I mean, I'm just gonna cover my thoughts about like the initial open here. Uh, I mean, under oath, like having on on my teeth as their opening song, like that's that popped me because normally it's a butt rock band that I don't like, but I've been a huge fan of under oath for a long 20 years, 20 plus years oh, yeah. at this point. Uh, oh, so yeah. hearing under oath is the same song, man. Like I popped hard. Not a huge fan of their newest record, honestly, but this song is great, and I, I'm into that. Um, and I really liked the way they did the pre-show. It was just all pre-tape packages, and it was all just, like, it was 30 minutes long. It was only 30 minutes. It was only 30 mm-hmm. minutes, and it was just pre-tape packages, man. Uh, but And then the opening, of the, the opening of the show, the opening package is always fantastic for NXT, man. It's always just so perfect. It reminds me of that, like, early 2000s, immediately post attitude era where the business was still hot, but they were finally having good wrestlers. Like that, that's what this reminds me of like 2001 to like 2004. Like this time was perfect. Um, I mean, I will say though, I expected a better stage set considering the AEW show that just ran. And to be honest, like another, another dial in moment here too. AEW is not competition for WWE. It's competition for NXT. Like there's still a secondary company. And but that's okay because honestly the NXT AEW war to me is way more interesting than like Raw versus AEW or SmackDown versus AEW. This is NXT versus AEW. I hope that becomes the war. I hope that when Vince dies, NXT becomes a main brand and it just builds from there. Uh but yeah, man, I mean the packages were great. Um what did you think about the opening package for NXT? First of all, Vince McMahon will never die because when he does die, he will rise again as our heavenly father, Vincent oh, such good Kennedy shit, McMahon. God damn it, pal. Um, no, so I, I have a lot to say. Kind of a, a little bit on the same uh, path as you, but a little different. My my first you know, my thought, especially after watching the whole show and then, you know, coming back to the beginning, NXT is what people want from AEW. I mean, everybody who wants that, like, cool wrestling, like, back old school, like, what wrestling used to be and not what Monday Night Raw three-hour show is, they just should watch NXT. And really, I'm going to watch more NXT after this show. I don't okay. mean to spoil my thoughts on the rest of this on the rest of this pay-per-view, but uh, after this pay-per-view, I'm watching because I've always known NXT were great. I always keep my eye on it. Um, I kind of, you know, have fallen out of love with Raw and SmackDown and all that. I, I try to watch, but after watching this show, I'm watching NXT. Uh, comparing... I'll watch the Hulu versions. I get the highlights. Yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe that's probably what I'll do. You know, I have a, I have a kid, as you have 
two of them. You know, it's kind of hard to watch three-hour wrestling shows. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, comparing it right away to, uh, to AEW, I mean, come on. People were actually built, had muscle, were believable, and knew how to wrestle in this show compared to the AEW show. Um, I mean, this was hands down ten times better than – and the only thing better from the AEW show was – Gold Dust and Cody Rhodes. I mean, they, they don't have they they. Oh, it's so sad that that's what they have over there. I mean, this really solidified it for me. And you can disagree with me if you want, but they don't. They can't have a good show over at AEW because of NXT. Because NXT has gobbled up all the good indie stars that are trying to make it. So WWE knows what they're doing. They they they're stopping, and it's Vince McMahon. It, like he's held it, he's holding it up and he's crumbling it down because he doesn't want them to have anything. And that sucks. I wish I want AEW to work. So I hope I'm wrong. Dude, but same, absolutely same. I, but so let me hurry no up. No wrestling fan now. wants AEW to no, not succeed. Unless they're dumb. Right. But then my other thing was I, I saw that Breeze was going to be on the show. And, you know, Pop I was so hard. So yeah. hard. And I forgive me for not knowing the story leading up to it, but it looks like they led up to it. I think Breeze should literally just go back to NXT to help. I don't think NXT should just be this. And I think we we both touched on this before. Oh, we've been saying this since the beginning of the show. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, all those yep. guys should just probably go back and be top guys at NXT and help build people, but then also be on top. I think they're good top guys. Um. Dude, give me a legit think, brand spit. Like, don't don't ha- like have Raw and SmackDown yeah. go back to one. Just have yeah. Raw and NXT, and that's yeah. it. Like, yeah, that would be amazing. It. Don't yeah. make it developmental, dude. They're already good enough, and it's a real alternative. If you want to be, if you want to just crush AEW right out the gate, dude, just have eliminate the Universal Title, blend the IC and the US Title, put the women's titles together, put the tag mm-hmm. titles together. You can still have a women's tag title. That's cool. You can still have a, a cruiserweight title. That's cool. Like, just have one main show roster and then have mm-hmm. the other competition be NXT. You've already built it up. It's been years. You have a yeah. real brand here. Like, years and years of fans. I mean, there's people in their early 20s that have grown up from their teens with NXT. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. you have a full built-in brand here. Like, the, the idea of Raw and SmackDown being split is a joke at this point. It's a yeah. joke. So, like, just make it one main roster. And you know what? Cut loose the guys you aren't using. Cut loose Mike Kanellis. Cut loose, like, Chris Hero. Cut loose, like, you know, the guys that you aren't put Aiden English. Like, let them go. Let them go to AEW. Because you know what? The competition's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for everybody. And then just have your own internal competition be NXT and a main show. Like, but, dude, right. what do you think about this opening match for the NXT show? Let's get back to business. Right, right. Let's get back to business. So, uh, well, last last point on it was, and I hate to keep comparing it to AEW, but this show, the production of the, obviously it's going to be great because it's WWE, and then the commentary as well, just opening, it, it really just beat out AEW because it didn't, the production of NXT, a lot of people just say, yeah, it's, it's WWE, but the way they do it, it is different if you really pay attention. Uh, the NXT opening and the how close they are to the ring, and there's some things there that that really compare, you make 
you know, NXT and AEW really are on the same level, and, AE, and, and NXT blows it out of the water. But let's go back to the first match. It was Undisputed Era's own Roderick Strong versus Matt Riddle, who I believe they call the original bro. Yeah. Now, forgive me as I go. Correct me, if Daniel, if I say something wrong with these names. I, I'm not that no, familiar absolutely correct. Yeah. with a lot of these guys as we go if I if I say somebody's name wrong. Um, bare, barefoot with flip-flops was freaking phenomenal. I love Great. Matt Riddle, that old-school barefoot, you know, Von Eric vibe. You know, he really he had that uh, Kevin Von Eric vibe with uh, being barefoot, and he kind of looks like Kevin Von Eric. That was amazing. Um, the mat wrestling that they did looked like a shoot. I mean, these guys were like shoot wrestling out there, and they were, I mean, it was the best match to, to open up the show that I've seen in the last maybe five years on a WWE product or any professional wrestling product. Uh, I can't say it enough. I mean, every they started. It was just it started looking like a shoot. Um, I mean, both young men were very impressive to me. I love Matt Riddle though. I love Matt Riddle, but both of them were kid were killing it. Um, Roderick Strong. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Roderick Strong had some of the best working punches I've ever, ever. seen. Yeah, I agree. Ever I seen. agree. I mean, just killing it. Just killing it um the match was stiff there was no feeding there was no i mean these guys i know these guys are both pretty new they didn't look green at all they were there was you know and and so here's the thing they this started a trend for the whole show the false finish trend of this nxt card where every match had false finishes false finishes false finishes and i'll get a little bit more into that as we go on in the later in the, in the later matches of this NXT thanks so cool paul yeah so i actually thought in this match they did some good false finishes the commentary helped they told a beautiful story it was an old school story they were selling dude was selling the back i mean it was perfect they were they were doing a good job of uh, the wrestling psychology, which I think a lot of matches did well in the NXT show in this card, where people were doing wrestling psychology. In this match here, they were selling the back. They did a lot, a lot of great stuff. I gave this match an A. An a. I loved it. Man, dude. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean... Okay, so most of my notes, and they're long notes, you literally covered almost all of them. Like, <laughs> this felt more old school. Uh, it felt like a, even though I know it wasn't, it felt very much like a call it in the ring style match. Uh, I really enjoyed that early chain work. Again, like, it was just so smooth. It felt like to me, I mean, you touched on it with like Riddle looking like Kevin Von Eric. Like, it looked, it almost felt like Rick Rude with the backbreakers. Versus Kevin Von Eric, it felt very like late '80s, early '90s, and uh, you know uh, uh, another thing that you touched on already, like dude, I mean I we've been ranting about how much we hate like the three man commentary boost, but I have to say I was super impressed right out of the gate on the first match, man. Everybody on that booth had a different tone, and that's super important because it's all audio. Had a different tone, a different sound, which is so rare like 
I mean, come on, man. You got like Cole and Todd Phillips and Byron. They all sound the same. They all sound the same. That's the problem with that. Very like, true. Very true. That, like this was very different. You know, you had, you had, you had these guys. I mean, and Mauro Ronaldo is the, like, you wow. know, Jr. is great, but dude, Mauro is he's the Jr. of this decade. He is oh, the yeah. Jr. of this decade. There's no one better at play-by-play than Mauro Ronaldo. Period. Like, I got a quote it, of his. I'm dude, gonna tell his you. contract runs up. AEW should sign him. AEW oh, yeah. would be, ugh, they would be amiss not to get him, man. It, it, great commentary through this, and it carried the whole match. To be honest, from a television point of view, uh, they really got me invested. Awesome false finishes, man. You're absolutely right. Like just so good. The crowd was so invested in this match. Like they got everybody in, man. This is what happens when you have Triple H. HBK and the Road Dog as as your road agents for NXT. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing. Like, I mean, R- dude, and Roderick Strong. I feel like he doesn't get an he's not gonna get enough credit in history for this match. But he did a phenomenal job of putting Matt Riddle over. Man, he yeah. made him look so good. And Matt Riddle's this, by the way, this is a new finish. That cradle like tombstone slam. Oh, was yeah. awesome. It that riddle so good. was amazing. Dude, I gave this match three and a half stars, which would be like an A minus B plus yeah. A. It's around the same boat. Like, I mean, I'd dude, either way you look at it, NXT is running away with this. And we're two matches from in the ECW, one match in NXT. Let's go ahead and jump back over to ECW, though, and just keep that ball rolling. Uh, I mean, the main entrance package uh, finally rolls. After those first two matches, which it's is kind of weird. weird, like yeah, it's almost like it's just an older way of doing things. It's very '90s, very like we're gonna pretend like we didn't mean for this to happen, uh, you know, like. But it's obvious they meant, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was, it was, it was a miss in my opinion. Again, this is hindsight. This is 20 years later. It may have been perfect for the time. Uh, but I, I literally wrote dot, dot, dot. This is going to be a long one. Like I, I felt like after this opening package came on, I felt, I was like, ugh. like the first two matches. And then the opening package, I was like, ugh, this is rough, dude. But then they gave me super crazy versus Takamichi Noku. And this is all, this match could have been on an NXT show. I wrote that down. I was like, dude, this could have been, cause I ended up watching, takeover beforehand and just kind of crush this in because obviously we've had our schedule it's been wild but uh yeah i felt like this was way more modern style and i actually liked that taka played the heel simply because he was from wwe like i felt like that was kind of cool or wwf at the time whatever you want to say uh the dive into the crowd was sick that they pulled off um really good camera angles too like i feel like even though the production quality was bad the actual staff was working really hard to make this a thing it's almost like paul Heyman reached not just the locker room but the production staff and everybody they were really trying to make this thing happen uh gotta give a lot of credit to the people shooting those shots man i mean the guys that were doing camera angles for ecw i feel like are the actual unsung heroes because i feel like they put over bad wrestling with good shots a lot um but yeah the taka driver looked super sick man like super crazy took it on the back of his neck uh, and you could see that they did that. Like, he was in control, and he took a sick bump well. And that's very hard to see these days. Most people sick, take sick bumps on accident. But I felt like, you know, 
super crazy was a luchador and he knew how to take a bump right on the back of his neck and on the, on the line of his shoulder blades that like, you know, relieved all that pressure without really hurting himself. Um, super crazy goes over after a straight jacket into a power bomb. And I like this match a lot. I actually gave this three stars and I gave the, you know, the first match on NXT three and a half stars. What did you think about Taka versus super crazy? Man, I'm actually going to have to disagree with you a little bit here, man. Uh, there was a couple production things that took away from this match. You know, you were saying some things that I really did agree with about production, about, and I, I said it in the opening, the camera and everything. Um, the, the camera and stuff actually did look good on, on production-wise, but the mic on the ring was mic'd up Rough, way yeah. too much, and it was very loud. It just seemed, I mean, it just seemed so, like, low quality wrestling you know you know deep south or whatever not even south just you know you know cheap wrestling yeah i don't know it, it was felt very, like the armory it felt like the fairgrounds right. yeah i agree right the ring was so mic'd up man it was so bad um i i, I didn't expect it to be as sloppy as it was um i expected a little bit more from super crazy and takamishinohu um and there was like there was one spot where uh, super crazy was up on the rope. They were both like doing something on the rope, and this and, and super crazy literally got himself all with nobody around him to sit in the corner for Taka to do a move to him. So like he wasn't sitting on the top turnbuckle, right? He like literally like kind of like was halfway there hanging on the rope, and then he like kind of climbed up and then sat there and got himself like almost arms up and ready. And I know I always talk about it, but he was like feeding Taka to like, come do this move to me. And yeah. it was just like very apparent stuff like that was like sloppy. But I think it was because the atmosphere they were in that this match was way better than the other two matches. So like stuff like yeah. that was flying by because of the crap that was on this show uh, before and after. So I didn't give it as best of a review as you did I, I thought you know like i said my expectations were a little more and it got slow and boring and i didn't think super crazy and taka would be a slow match i thought it would be a, a fast paced you know selling but more fast paced but it seemed just like no selling feeding and boring and slow got kind of long um i did like super crazy's three backflip thing where he would you know, he kind of did one backflip, and then he got higher and higher up the turnbuckle. That was really cool. I gave it a D. Oh, wow. A D. Oh, wow. A it D? Was some, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Didn't... Hard crowd with Cass Lush. You know what? Let's just go ahead and jump back over to Let's do 2019, it. man. Let's just go over and jump back over to NXT 25, because I don't, I don't know how to approach that. That's a little... <laughs> That's a little rough rating there for Taka. Yeah. No love for Taka, really? I like Taka. I like Taka I feel like they did a great job considering what they had. Come on, man. Really? A D? Jesus, you could at least give them like a C or a C plus even. Like the laziness, man. The laziness, laziness. From those two guys, watch it again. Okay. He literally climbed up the turnbuckle, sat there, and said. Come do a move to me. I'll never forgive. I don't like that. I don't do that. That's just like that's not laziness, that's, man. That's gr- there might at their, have been poor timing at a t- at that one like poor timing. Section. 
that's like, that's, that's not, not knowing how to wrestle. Then if it's not oh, lazy, then they don't know how to be a professional wrong. wrestler. Okay, you just said that super crazy and Takamishinoku don't know how to be professional wrestlers. They didn't that night, and that's it's because incorrect. they knew they were on. That's incorrect. Let's just move on over to probably match knew two. they were on a shit show and oh, oh just were cast coming in hot tonight. It, they were calling it in. Coming in hot on your it, Thursday it, ride, okay? Look, hey, um, let's go ahead and jump over to NXT 25. This was match number two. And, yo, I just got to say how much I loved how they, like, put this entire card together. Like, the whole thing just felt like it made sense. Um, match number two was the NXT Tag Team Championship ladder match. So we had the Street Profits, which is Montez and D'Angelo. Versus uh, the Forgotten Sons, which is Cutler and Blake. Uh, then they had Lorkin and Birch, who don't have a fancy tag team name. They're just Lorkin and Birch. And then you have the Undisputed Era, which was Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, man, dude, we're only in match two, but I can't help but think that the AEW show let a huge fire under the NXT guys' asses. And I'm sure that... I'm sure that Triple H, as he always does, gave this opening speech before the card opens where he's like, yo, we have a new a new rival here. Like, what can you guys do? You know, hey, Adam, you could have been an AEW. Like, why aren't you? You need to go out and show the world. You know, I can, I can totally see, like, I can totally hear in my head that Triple H speech to this locker room. Like, hey, this is the first NXT show since that big AEW show. Like, you show them who the competition is. Like, you show them who they're competing with. Like, I can totally hear it in my mind. And, man, if this match did not disappoint, bruh, they killed it in this match to me, man. Like, they had some great spots. I felt like this wasn't a monkey show. It was... It, okay, all right, let me, let me back up a little bit. It did start off a little clunky. It did start off a little rushed. It felt like they all had a lot of nerves. But, man... These guys did things that I haven't seen before, and that's kind of crazy. Like in a, in a, a ladder saturated match, WWE. Like they did some s- spots I'd literally never seen before, and I thought that was really cool. Um, there was there was a spot that Montez uh, from the Street Profits was was selling a bump, and I you could hear and see the referee telling him to slow down, like slow down. Sell it slower, sell it slower, sell it slower. And like that's okay. That's what this that's what this brand is. And I and honestly, like that that helped me get into the match more. Like I was normally something like that would take me out of it, but like I was like How does that help you? Like I don't know. I don't know why. I I don't know. Maybe because I was taking notes, maybe because I was dissecting it. And so like that's props to the referee for being like I mean, okay, all right. All right, not not necessarily all right. Uh, that's piss poor by the production. You should not put that on audibly. And I hope that on the replays they cut that out because you should not be able to hear the referee tell him to slow down. But the fact that you have someone in the ring that is clearly not having like I mean I know he has an earbud, but he's he's you know he's not frazzled. He's not a commentary guy. He this is him as a seasoned referee in WWE telling 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 Montez to slow down, sell it slower, sell it slower, like. And that was cool to me because 
I don't know. It's still a so development. You like, you, like the, you like behind the scenes stuff. I like yeah, behind the scenes yeah, stuff. Cool. You're, you're seeing a little bit of the. How and, I, and, and I agree. That, that may have been a production botch, but like. Either way, now okay. Now here's I my, didn't notice. I didn't notice that. Here's here's my here's where I poo poo on this match. Giving Gunner like the random third from the Forgotten Sons, the rub here is a misfire. It was a bad idea. Everything that he was involved in here, all of those spots were not good. Like he's past his prime to me. He he's you, you were using someone from TNA. That was old when he started in TNA. So there's nothing left. There, there's literally mm. nothing left there. Like he's, and I can tell you from personal experience, Gunner is a douchebag. He has nothing to, there's nothing he's going to bring to a locker room. There's nothing he's going to bring on TV. He's boring. He's bland. He's just got a lot of muscles. He can do a lot of push ups. That's cool. He has no hair. He looked like Gollum. He had, like, all bald on top with, like, some random hay straws. Like, that dude sucks. Stop giving him time. Dude, honestly, like, Blake and Cutler are way better without him being there. Like, and honestly, just having him in this match hurt my overall grade just for having it. Dude, okay, and this is another thing, too. When you get to these false finishes close to, like, the end, you had a few assholes in the crowd. Okay, the vibe of NXT is where the crowd is all dark, and only the ring is what's lit. And it looks cool. It has a cool production value to it. Even though we know the arena's sold out, it looks cool. It feels like the way you see it on TV almost. It feels like almost a smaller venue. And that has a very cool vibe. It has a very, like, down-to-earth, heartbeat, you know, NXT, down-home vibe. And then you have these assholes that know they're on the hard camera— that want to turn their fat flashlight on and shake it while you have one guy trying to get some drama. Dude, honestly, that took me out of the match way more than anything else. So if you were at the show, dial in close. You. If you were the guy that turned your flashlight on when you saw somebody going up, when you saw the red light on the camera and you were like, oh, I'm going to get my... It's like, dude, you don't have a sign. It's, there's no one going to see you. You're just like shaking your phone and shaking a light at the at the crowd and at the camera just to ruin it for everyone else that's not there. <laughs> you. You're an asshole. You were probably drunk when you got there. You probably don't deserve the seats that you bought. <laughs> you. That really, really, really bothered me. All right. Let's get past that. Um Street Profits, <laughs> Street Profits went over with a really cool, like, badass hop-on spot. Uh, I ended up giving this match three stars, which would have been, like, a B-minus or a C-plus. I would have given it four stars without Gunner, without having whatever you call him, Riker or whatever. It's terrible. It's awful. He should not have ever been on this show. What did you think about this ladder match, Cass? Man, I, I have to agree a lot with what you say here. Um... You know, sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. This one, we agree. You know, you kind of said it all. We're on the same page on a lot of it. I thought it started off slow, what you were saying. I think you kind of said the same thing. It started off kind of weird, but there was one part where they, they started doing generic ladder match, you know, tag team ladder match spots, and I was like, okay, here we go. Like, everybody was on the outside, and then dude jumped off the top rope to the outside and i was like okay this is this is what they're doing all right but then they did get creative 
and it took a little bit and they did start, you know, like you said, doing some really creative new things, which I thought was great. It did kind of turn into a, just a spot fest, but what do you expect? You know, what do you expect in this type of match? There's not much you can do. You know, you can't have some, you know, you can't put a lot of wrestling psychology and have some Matt classic in a, you know, multiple tag team ladder match for the titles. Um, I thought it was very long. It got to a point where it just, it, it probably should have ended a little bit sooner. Um, I, I I actually liked how it finished. I liked the finish and I liked uh, the reaction of the dude. I don't know his name who grabbed the titles. He looked very genuine and happy that he won the titles. And then him and his partner celebrating. Um, you know, you kind of said pretty much anything you, you there is to say about it. I, I'm kind of with you on it. I gave it a B, you know, not a B minus, not a B plus. I gave it a B. That's that's my reaction on that. But then we're gonna jump on is over to what is the next match on ECW? Yeah, man. I mean, well, we ended the uh, you know the the Takamichi Noku super crazy match, and then we had this weird deadly. Oh segment, yeah. And it was just awful. Like it was. Oh God. Dude, it was it was very strange, and I felt like the writing was all over the place. Like they were trying to cover for Chris. Can- I feel like they were thinking this entire time that Chris Candido was just gonna make it and he was gonna be fine. And then when when this show started, they were like, "Oh shit, he's not gonna be able to go. We're gonna have to do a quick a quick squash." And then they needed a boom. Else. They oh, needed dude, a damn they, boom mic. I couldn't they, hear anything. Well, those poor poor baby boys. They needed oh, quite a bit God. more than just a boom mic. It was. It was not uh it was not oh. that great man. Uh, uh, the writing was just all over the place. But then you know what that led us to Little Guido versus Tajiri. Um Oh, and, oh, oh yes. And dude, honestly man, like wow. Like this was very indie. It was very indie because the crowd doesn't hear what Joey Styles is saying. You know, they don't hear what the Jackal is saying or whoever was sitting Don Callis whatever you want to call him. They don't hear any of that. They just hear you know, what's happening in the ring. I thought his name was Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he's been all of those. He's been all of those. So either way. Uh, Guido did a really good job, though, of creating, like, emotion and belittling Tajiri from the initial entrance. Like, he made it very, like, he, they did a really good job of hopping around and, like, just Guido pissing off Tajiri to make it, even before the bell rang, like I noticed that really well. Like if I was in the crowd there and heard none of the commentary, Guido did a phenomenal job of making you like invested in the match before they ever locked up. Like with the swats and like being like way overly cocky and like he did a, and it lasted a long, it wasn't just like a little bit between like the entrance and the, and the announcement. Like he did it a lot. Like he picked on Tajiri a lot. And I think that, helped quite a bit i think that's actually something that's kind of a lost thing where it's you know have somebody do one or two things and they stand in their corner wait for the announcer whatever uh, this is guido did a great job really impressed me with that um and i feel like the match started off very mma style like very like super like super shoot style wrestling which was very very cool um some really stiff kicks in the beginning um the psychology in the match, I felt like, was really good, too, especially the way they separated very early on babyface and heel. I felt like they did a really good job with it, which is super rare in ECW matches. 
Uh, everything made sense. You didn't see these guys wasting times at all or feeding into obvious spots. They were everything was smooth. Everything was butter. Um, I, I, again, I don't like referee distraction spots. I don't like that at all. It feels very like backwoods redneck. Like, hey, you should turn around. Like it just it it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. It was a blemish on the match, honestly. But Tajiri goes over after a sick brain buster. Not too long and not too short, which I liked about it. So I gave it three and a half star or three stars, which would just be like a C plus, B minus. Uh, what do you think about Little Guido versus Tajiri? Man, I'm going to be honest. Going into it, I expected this to be good because I like both men. I like both of these wrestlers. You know, I love seeing Tajiri in there. He did that move in the ropes. I forget what he calls it. Uh, it was That was amazing. The spider. Uh, yeah. The spider. That was good. Um, same thing you said. The psychology was good. I thought they had a good pace. They did some good mat wrestling. Uh, again, man, th- this is this show. Uh, this is a show for the records. We're 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 right on. We're right on cue on this one. Um, I liked. Uh, I thought it was strong style. Is what I put. Yeah, you said a little totally, bit more yeah. MMA. I thought they did some good stuff. There was there was good spots. I really liked the match. Um, you know, and considering this show, a C plus is is really good for this. 1999 hardcore heaven so i'll just leave it at that i give it a c plus uh, i mean what else is there to say little guido the jury i mean it was it was fun seeing both of these guys it, it's Definitely. stuff like that is why yeah. i love doing this you know you get to see you know you get to see, you know i, I would have never watched that match so that that's what i love about this show and and going back and taking notes on it but what's next man what what's yeah man next? i mean let's jump back over to the current product and it's uh Tyler Breeze making his NXT return after years of being on the main roster, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this again. I think this is an established brand, and I think they could benefit from putting guys like Sheamus in NXT or like guys that have been on on the main roster for years. I mean, decades or decade or more. Oh, yeah. Like you, you could easily benefit from putting these guys in NXT. Might even help these guys towards the end of their career to where they're just staying in one location. And they're giving, you know what I mean? Like they have more time to heal, that kind of thing. But either way, the next match was Tyler Breeze versus, in my opinion, the best gimmicked wrestler in the past five to ten years. And that's the Velveteen Dream. Um, This was for the North American title, too. Uh, Man, just from the entrance, you can tell that Breeze has really into being back in NXT. You can tell that, like, he is so all in no pun intended, on being back in NXT. Changed his gear, changed his haircut, like got back in the gym, and was he, he looked good, man. He looked really great. Um, I hope he stays here. Honestly, I hope that I don't ever, honestly, after yeah. this, I don't want to see him go back. I think that he could win the NXT title and then lose it and go down and become a road agent for NXT. I don't think he should ever leave. I think that NXT is almost his brand that he's almost helped build from literally the beginning at least from the network standpoint um it's it was it was great man i mean this match like again like there were there were some fumbles here there were some fumbles for sure but it felt like 1992 mr perfect Shawn michaels that's what it felt like it felt like the fumbles were covered up so well that i'm almost grateful for the fumbles because i got to see true professionals 
work on the fly and cover up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this felt very, like, it almost felt like that Super Brawl show that we covered, that we were surprised at how good that old school WCW was for that show. That one specific show, not all of WCW. Right, but right, right. If you have a chance, go check it out. It's in our archives. We covered Super Brawl 99, I believe. Uh, but go, yeah, go check that out. It was a great show. Um, man, like, for a split second, I thought they actually might let Tyler Breeze get color when they had a lot of those slams of his head on the uh, on the commentators table, and I was like, oh, oh, we just saw the NXT show or the AEW show. There you they go. Might, and he is a veteran. They might let him get color here, but no, no. I, honestly, I'm glad they didn't. And dude, Morrow sold it. Morrow is the reason why they didn't have to get color. Because he was being the best commentator mm. business and selling it so well. Like, he is the best commentator in the game, period, right now. I mean, I love JR, but he's past his prime. I think he would even agree. Mauro Ronaldo is the best play-by-play commentator in professional wrestling right now. Um, and the crowd was up and down, peaks and valleys this whole match. Uh, the whole issue with this show um, is that every match is awesome. The crowd doesn't have a chance to come down like that. And and then we're only all right. So we're match three here on NXT. There's only five matches. And that's what I wrote in my notes. Like, so a lot, I, I've seen a lot of bad reviews for this match for, for Breeze and, and, and Velveteen. Uh, not necessarily bad reviews, but like not glowing reviews like this was the down point. But I feel like it's just because there should have been a down point match here. And so this is like. You know how we're bitching about WrestleMania, we're bitching about like all these long shows. This match was this this whole card was only five matches. Like that's that's not enough. It 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 should have been six or seven, uh, and we could have had one or two five minute tops cool down matches. Give me something super gimmicky. Give me like No Way Jose versus like. Lars Sullivan and he gets squashed but there's some comedy in there like you know what I mean give me a come down match here because I feel like the crowd like needed to have a break and that's why this like people say this match wasn't as good as it was but it was fantastic I gave this match three and a half stars they again they had amazing false finishes um great actual finish uh, and I like all the post-match stuff with, like, the bitter selfie, the crowd pop for it. It's very in character for both guys. They they didn't do the handshake. Velveteen Dream did the selfie and then walked away talking shit. I love it, dude. I love it. Like, three and a half stars, man. I hope they keep this angle going, too. I think they could do a best three out of five. Like, I think I think this, is, this could go a long way. What do you think about Velveteen Dream versus the original Velveteen Dream? The gorgeous Tyler Breeze. Mm. I thought, you know, well, first off, uh, Dink the Clown versus Hornswoggle would have been a really good cooldown match after that. Um, there's a couple other I could have thought about, but um, just off the top, you know, Dink the Clown, uh, Hornswoggle. Um, no, and, you know, that was one of my first notes. Um, not an easy match to come after. You know, you're coming after the ladder match. You're coming off all these high spots. It's a spot fest. You know, so this match, they put these guys here. You got to be good. You got to be good to follow a tag yeah. team ladder match. I mean, you or, just have to Or be, be a cooldown, yeah. Right, right. And and they proved to be good, I, I feel. You know, they they 
and they kind of cooled you down at the beginning. You know, I mean, they they did a good job of of they did a good job of following that match. Is is basically what I'm saying. Um, you know, they did it. it there was a. A couple things all night where everything seemed to go a little too long, and I kept writing a little too long, a little too long. But like you said, there was only five matches the whole night, so everything kind of was a little long. But, you know, they did – I think they did a good job. Again, there were some false finishes. At this point of the night, I was – I still thought the false finish was, was, was good. And, you know, and, you know, honestly – I knew Valveteen was going to win the match and, and kind of touching what you were saying. I thought, I thought Bree should have won the match. I agree. That, I think Bree should have gone over here. I agree. Yeah. And that would have like made them have, you know, more story than they could have came back and whatever, you know, don't, don't want they to do. And that would have kept Breeze at NXT. And I say that, but I don't know what their plans are for Breeze. I feel like this is a whatever thing. I feel like it was like, yo, you're coming back here. You've asked to come to back, back to NXT because that's that's been widely reported. He asked to come back. Right. Uh, and so, like, I think that I think it was like, OK, well, if you're going to come back, you need to put over this guy. Right. Right. But I think I think if they had put him on NXT, they would have put him over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like I, I think this is more this was honestly more of a political thing, which is good for them, because this, again, is still a developmental territory, even though it shouldn't be. It is for them. And so it makes sense for them to put over the new guy and like, you know, kind of let the old guy, you know, bring him up. But but at the same time, especially with all the stuff they put out like on YouTube after this, I don't this is not the last match they're going to have. This this oh, is going to yeah. keep going for sure. So but yeah. anyway, you, can, you yeah. can continue here. No, definitely. Definitely. You know, there was some there, and there was other cool stuff in the match. There was bleeding from the ear. I don't know how that happened. I, I need to go back and watch it like. They zoomed up on Tyler Breeze's ear, and there was blood coming from it. And it looked—I mean, it was obviously real. It was like a, you know, holy crap moment. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know how that happened. I, I have no idea. I haven't read me. news I about mean, it. So yeah, it looked like blood was coming from his ear. Um, the only other thing I want to say about the match. Well, well, let me say this first. I gave it a B plus. I actually really liked the match. They did some really good things there with the false finishes. I mean, they put together a really nice match after that ladder match. I, I really want to give them credit for that. Another thing I want to touch base on, which you touched base on, touched base on a little bit, was after the match. It was on Twitter, and it's been, you know, publicized the controversy of the selfie after the match. Now, goddamn. God damn. Come on, dude. Tweeting out here, talking like taking a selfie after the match is ruining professional wrestling. Now, Shawn Michaels. This Razor, is their gimmick, though, dude. Dude. Like, but Tyler still, Breeze and the selfie has been around since he started that gimmick. It makes perfect sense. But it, it's because he doesn't understand. It's the same thing as a handshake or a hug. And if you tell me. I'm not talking about the curtain call. I'm talking about Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, ladder match two at SummerSlam. I think it's yeah. 96. They hug after the match, and it's all about showing a sign of respect. That's been going back. Hogan did it. Hogan showed a sign of respect. Uh, Bret Hart. As I've seen 15 matches where Bret Agreed. Hart got back Agreed. in the ring, yeah. shook the guy's hand, and hugged him. 
what's any there's no difference in doing yeah. that and then and then after the match the gimmick is taking a selfie hey brother we just tore the house down let's take a selfie what's different what what's the difference in hey brother that was a good match let's hug because sean and razor did it in that yeah. second ladder match and that didn't ruin professional wrestling ruin the business it's it's these old timers like to, i do it too because I like old school wrestling, but Jesus, come on, that was nothing. Like no, I can't I agree. that that was controversial. People only exist really on Twitter to complain, though. Like you never yeah. see anything positive but on Twitter. When you're, like, when you're that famous and you meant when you mean that much to the business, and your name rhymes with Flim Pornette, and you think that that is gonna ruin the business, it's like, come on, bro, you you know that's not ruining. Well, he's got to stay relevant, man. He's got to I mean, stay he's relevant. An old school guy. He comes from an older generation. And speaking of older generations, let's just jump back over to 1999. Uh, I mean, we're, now we're back after that Tajiri match, and we're back into another Dudley backstage segment. And the fact that he's getting paid by Joel Gertner to beat up other guys like doesn't make any of this any better. It feels very forced. It feels very put together. It feels very last minute. It it's awful, uh, but that it leads us, you know, with the same theme into the next match, which was Lance Storm uh, versus Tommy Dreamer in a hardcore or ACW rules match. Uh, Dom Marie with Storm and Beulah McGillicuddy out there with Tommy Dreamer as well. Um, I mean, I always like the way the entrance ramp went right to the ring, though. Like, I thought that was cool. The the way that, like, you don't walk down and then walk up to the ring. It's like you the ramp goes straight to the ring. Um, it's cool to be able to use the ropes on an entrance spot. You know what I mean? Like, you can actually throw somebody into the ropes and then do, like, a back body drop on the entrance ramp. And that's cool. I, f- I felt like there's a different kind of vibe. Honestly, I think that, like... AEW could benefit from that kind of vibe. Uh, you could do some really cool stuff that way, uh, especially with all the high spot kind of guys that do dives and stuff. I feel like there's so many more things that you could do with rebounding ropes to the outside that would be really cool. Um, I mean, we've both kind of touched on the fact that we aren't big fans of, you know, this style of wrestling as far as like trash cans and cookie sheets and like that whole. You know, just yeah. cheap, just cheap pop vibe, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the latter spots were cool that they used. Uh, I like that they tried to use the weapons in ways that you hadn't seen before. Um, I mean, the pile driver on Don Marie with the thong and everything in his face, mm. like, that's, like that's funny. It's funny, and it's kind of an iconic like moment. Like we've all seen that on like highlight reels for ECW before. Um, and so I understand why I gave a pop, but it was kind of an anticlimactic finish to be, a, to be honest, it was pretty abrupt. And again, dude, I'm just not a fan of this style. I like both these guys, uh, honestly, Lance Storm a little bit more than Tommy Dreamer, but, uh, it just, this match wasn't for me, man. I give it one and a half stars. So D plus like D plus C minus at best. Yeah. C- yeah, man. I would say the best thing about this match was Don Marie. And the other chick, I don't know her name, but she was even hotter. Beulah McGillicuddy. Oh, the other girl at the ring was Beulah McGill- McGillicuddy? Yep, sir. Okay, well, the commentary had me confused because they were, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't follow the, the show. I don't know. She was hot. I was like In that, real life, married to Tommy Dreamer. 
Yeah, yeah, but if you watch the show, like they kept saying, like, I don't know, they didn't do a good job of explaining no, things. Yeah, I knew, yeah, I thought yeah. that was Beulah, but I was like, that really looks like Beulah. But then, seriously, go watch that pay per view. You'll know what I'm talking about. They don't, they don't do a good job of explaining who people are, and they kind of confuse me. Um, she was amazing looking, and wow, that gave this match the most credit. Um, I thought, just like you, man, it was not creative. It was uh, just a hardcore match. It was very ECW standard hardcore match. I give it a D. There's really not much. What, what do you? What, what's there to say about a match like no, that? No, I agree, man. Uh, you I agree. know what? I have a lot more to say. I'm not going to say much about that because I've been practicing how to say this person's name. Okay, ready? Air. Uh, uh, oh no, hold on. Tell me if I'm good. Arrow, arrow, shir, sh- oh, I can't do it. Iro Shirai, Shirai. How do you say her name? Iro Shirai. How did you do it so well like that? Iro Shirai. It's Eo Shirai. Eo Shirai. No, no, arrow. No, but I think the pronunciation is arrow. No, it's See, it looks like Eo. It's Eo. It's Io. It's Io. It's Io. But the commentary kept saying arrow. Swear to God, look at it, look at it, watch it again. It's spelled I-O-S-H-I-R-A-I. But the commentary says, arrow, sure, I. Like, arrow, sure, I. So you say it fast, and it's arrow, sure, I. I mean, I mean, either way, though, I feel... All right, let, let, you know what? <laughs> let's just... Okay, so let, let's just touch on that last ECW match just one more time. Like, oh, my just, God, just, you're going back? Yeah. What, what 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 was your overall grade for that one? One more time. I'm sorry. Uh, Just give it to me one more time. I gave so you. Yeah. Give that one a D. Okay, dude. We all right. So we gotta we gotta keep this rolling though. We gotta keep this rolling okay. on the 1999 side. So so I felt like this. All right. So we roll straight into another segment of the Dudleys backstage, and like I know they're taking out all these guys, but the thing is, it doesn't even make sense. Like these guys aren't on the pay per view. They're not wrestling them. It, it, it's it's ridiculous and the segments weren't even good for tv let alone a pay-per-view like Mm-mm. it it was just a huge miss but that's gonna lead us to the next 1999 match which i honestly think we should cover before we go over to, to the let's NXT do it show let's again. do it let's, let's do it all right let's just jump into this man okay so to me ecw wrestling the best wrestling that's ever been on ecw programming was the jerry lynn rob van dam like feud um, I, I want to say this is the second pay-per-view match they had. Um, I'm not 100% sure. You guys can tweet me at kfabe.com if I'm incorrect, but I'm pretty sure this was their second match. Uh, and it was for the ECW TV title. And man, I got to be honest, I was the most pumped about this one. When I read the description for ECW's Hardcore Heaven, that's what kind of sold me on. I was like, all right, we'll cover this one. Like the, I was like, you know, we had a couple other options we could have done. I was like, you know what? This is the one. I remember these matches. I remember watching these on like tapes that I got. I saw like, you know, months after they came out or whatever. Um, I was, man, like it was nice chain work to start off, and the crowd is hot for this match. But honestly, it felt a little slow to me, like with with RVD playing to the crowd as long as he did until he like got the accidental hard way, like the accidental, like, I like blood that he had. And then it was like, it almost like, 
it almost added to the match that there was the accident there because it, you could see him like flip a switch and he, it was almost like as a wrestler or as a former wrestler I could see I could hear in his mind he's like oh shit I have color already we need to pick this shit up we got to start moving like because I don't think he was anticipating that to happen at all and if it was going to happen hard way it would have been much later on in the match so I felt like as soon as he realized he was bleeding from around his eyebrow he did a couple more Gaga spots with the crowd, and then it was, like, off to the races. And he, he did some really cool spots. Um, man, once it got going, it was awesome. The top rope bulldog spot from Jerry Lynn to RVD was super sick. RVD just sold it so well with that bump. Um, and honestly, I felt like Bill Alfonso and, like, all the interference was actually added to the match which is pretty rare in ECW matches to me, but I felt like it worked out really well here. Uh, And again, man, uh, this is something that all you guys need to learn, man. Jerry Lynn is probably one of the most underrated professional wrestlers of all time. Like Jerry Lynn is phenomenal, but there were a couple spots here where he fell to the outside. He had one bump from like cradling the top rope onto the concrete. And I, honest to God, feel like he was legit knocked out. Either he was legit knocked out or he is a really good seller. Because I was sold. Like it, They had some really good push and pull spots. It was very good back and forth. There wasn't too much shine or too much heat. Either way you looked at it. And RVD goes over after one of the most badass five-star frog splashes I've ever seen in my life. Um, hell of a match. I really enjoyed this one. Pro- I, honestly, out of both shows thus far... This is the best match I've seen out of both shows. So I gave this match four stars. Uh, B plus to an A, A minus. What did you think about Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam? Man, I got to disagree a little bit. I mean, that first match from NXT with uh, Roderick Strong and and Matt Riddle was the best show so far, in my opinion. Um, I will say I expected a lot from Jerry Lynn and an RVD because you know obviously we all know RVD is great but as you said Jerry Lynn very underrated I know this man is great he's still great today I've seen him wrestle great matches today at whatever age he is he's at um you know it was a slow start uh I couldn't hear the commentary so that was taken a lot away from it but it wasn't their fault again not the match's fault but you know, ECW's production was very off in this match. It seemed like the it, what the production wasn't consistent throughout the night, and that was taken away from this match, and that's not fair to the performers. Um, the annoying whistle from referee dude, Bill Alfonso, that was like, come on, uh, that was dumb. I mean, I don't know why anybody thought that was a good gimmick to just stand outside of the ring and blow a whistle over and over again. It felt like, very, you know, backwoods indie. And I know from watching, you know, the documentary and stuff, he had a he had a huge part in the company and was a very, you know, popular uh I guess referee, then manager, and he had a teardown match with uh Beulah, who we talked about a minute ago. And that's great, but blowing the whistle the whole match was not for me. Uh I thought it was very long and got boring. Um, but they did end up having some good spots and they told a good story. Don't worry. I'm not going to rate it too bad. I gave it a B minus only because 
I thought it went too long. So I'm not that actually far from you. I'm not that far from you. You're the reason I didn't far. touch, I, I, I skipped the things that you said. You know, I liked the things that you liked. I gave it a B minus. Um, the only reason it's a little less than what you had, still similar, it was a little too long for me, a little too long for me. And And you know what? Looking back on it now, could have been because of the other matches, but but what uh what do we have now? Uh, I believe yeah, we're gonna go ahead and jump back over to the uh, the NXT side, and I think you kind of like touched on it here. Yeah, uh, let me, but, yeah. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you because now after we've been talking, after we're talking, I know how to say her name. I know how to say her name. Okay, <laughs> it is, take it away, KG Cass. It is Arrow. Eo. Sh- oh God, dang it. No, uh, no, close. no. It's Iro Shirai. Iro Shirai. That's how, that's how they say it. I swear. Look it up. Iro Shirai versus Shayna. Now I'm going to mess up her name. Basler, right? Basler. I quit. I quit the show. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So it's, it's Shayna Basler versus Io Shirai. It's not Io. She it doesn't pronounce Eo, it Io. It's it is about Eo. I want I want every uh, tweet this man. It is Aero Shirai. Oh, please bring the it. tweets. Bring the tweets to Kayfabe. What's the show? I don't know how to say Shayna's dumb last name, but I know how to say Aero Shirai because bring all your hate tweets to do at it. do it. Cass. All right. So first you of all, you gotta change I, your Twitter handle by the way to cat KG Cass, but no, no, I'm Cast Money Millionaire. I don't even know what my I don't even know what my Twitter handle. I have so many. It doesn't matter. Let's say let's. uh, So first of all, let me go back to this match though because I actually really like this match and I want to touch upon it. All right, have it. Take it away. Let's go. So this match was very different than a lot of women matches that I have seen lately. They went with a very old school route, and then another thing. We've been talking about the commentary for this show. The commentary, this match is when I was like, holy crap, Beth Phoenix, where has she been? She's so good, man. God. It sucks because I know after this, Raw or SmackDown is going to steal her. But, man. No, I don't think so, dude. Like, I I feel like this commentary booth. This three-man booth works because they, they don't have Vince. They have they have Hunter. They have well all in their in their ear. She did some things, and I will. I do want to say, I'm obviously if you if you can't tell, I didn't know either one of their names. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not familiar with either one of them going into this match. So put that you know keep that in mind. Uh, but you well, know, Cage Cast is fresh to NXT. By the oh way. yeah, fresh. I try to keep. You know, I know, I know, I know a little bit, but I'm not. You know, I didn't know either one of these folks. So, you know, Beth Phoenix was describing moves, and I think I have some notes later about this. But she was describing, and I know she did it in this match, why a submission hold hurts and what parts of the body it hurts. Yeah, she was doing a phenomenal yeah. job. She, Just dude, like, they. Everybody really killed killing, it, man. Really killing it. All, all three of them were doing a superb job. Um, it was slow-paced, but in a good way. It was good physical. Like I said earlier, it was an old-school match. It, it reminded me of a Bret Hart match, like a Bret Hart Davy Boy match. And that's what I loved about it. And then they went old-school, worked on the hand, the psychology. I mean, 
they these I don't I don't know if this was them or uh, somebody told them to do this, but they put on a match that was magnificent and and old school in the way that I like matches. We're comparing this to ECW, and that's how I don't like mass matches. Pretty much how ECW was doing their matches. That's how I don't like them. This women's match right here, the old school way, picking a part of the body and working on it and 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 mm. doing it, and then having a story that go, you know, there's a story leading up to the match, mm-hmm. and then the match itself is putting on this beautiful story. It was mm. it, this match is why I like wrestling. And if wrestling, if every match was like this on every card, wrestling would be. Uh, just as popular as it was in the 1990s, but unfortunately, it's not, and a lot of people don't know how to do what these two were doing here, and I thought it was beautiful. Um, I gave it a B plus because it it didn't, there were some things that it didn't do for me, but the meat of the match, the middle of the match is where it got that B plus for me, you know, the beginning and the end weren't the best for me, but that middle of it really, really just resonated in me. Um, I do want to touch on one thing. Um, so as I do this, I, I sometimes I like play my handheld. You know, I, I have a Nintendo Switch. I'm playing <laughs> Zelda, okay? Sure. Literally, at the end of this match, it's usually like I'm watching, and then the end of the match, and I'll fire up my my game. Literally, I just want to say this weirdest thing. I I'm playing Zelda, right? This was like one of those things where I feel like I'm in the Truman Show. You ever seen the Truman Show? I'm playing Zelda. What are the odds that I'm playing Zelda? I stop Zelda. I watch this women's match. Okay, the women's match is over. I start playing Zelda. They're doing the the reviews. Uh, Okay, Morrow says on commentary, step aside, Zelda. The legend of Shayna Baszler is here. Baszler. Yeah. W- w- How do you say her name? Baszler. Baszler. Yeah. It doesn't matter. She wasn't as good as Aero Shirai, whatever. Freaking name. <laughs> anyway, uh, other note is is I hate the chance of you deserve it. And I oh, hate, I hate that chance. too. I hate that. That gets too. on my nerves, man. Other than that, I gave a match to be. What do you think? I see. It seems like you disagree. I mean, okay. So look, man, like. It was a very nice Japanese style like chain wrestling open. Like so okay, I want to preface this by saying like if we're just judging the NXT card, thus far I've done three and a half stars for match number one, three stars for match number two, and then another three and a half stars for match number three. So I just want to preface this by saying I like I've given a lot of, especially if you've listened to our archives, if you haven't go back, if this is your first show, please go back and listen to our archives because I am normally very stingy with my stars. And this show was fantastic from top to bottom. Great show. So for me, uh, okay. So it was a very nice Japanese style opening, very like tough, very uh, close knit, very tight chain wrestling, which I enjoy. Uh, it was a nice uh, change of style and a change of pace. Um, honestly, everyone seems to be sleeping on Shayna Baszler. Like, she's one of the best wrestlers in this company, period. Like, I, kn- I know that that's a lot to say with Rollins and Styles, and but she's up there, dude. Like, Lynch and Kofi, like, dude, she's up there. Like, she's one of the best wrestlers in the company, period. Shayna Baszler is phenomenal. 
Um, I would love, love to see Seth Rollins versus Shayna Baszler in a match. Because I feel like they could pull it off. I feel like she's that good. I feel like she could have that kind of match with a guy or a girl or whatever. doesn't really matter. She's a great wrestler. Um, this reminded me, this match, though, reminded me so much of, like, the mid-90s cruiserweight division. Like, almost like Eddie versus uh, Ray from, like, 96, 97. Very cool. Almost like a, or more like, honestly, more like a Malenko. Like, like a Dean Malenko. Linko versus Rey Mysterio. That's really what it felt like. Um, now, this uh, this is a, a commentary thing that bothered me just slightly, just slightly. This is me being nitpicky. Commentary was phenomenal. I mean, that booth, the way they set it up was great. But the way commentaries now, pro wrestling commentaries, like come up with random ass names for a rear naked choke or a sleeper, like mm-hmm. dude, just just call it. Don't don't come up with some stupid ass name, like. Brock Lesnar does it, and it's the Coquina Clutch. And, like, you know, like, Shanna Baszler does it, and it's the Nakagura, or whatever you call it. Like, it's a rear naked choke, dude. It's a rear naked choke. Just stop. Like, it, 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 it sounds badass that way. Just make it that way for everybody. Or maybe not let everybody use the one finish that you want to use. Like, pick one person that you want to give the sleeper to, essentially, and make it happen. Because it bothers me that they change the name and, like, different people use the exact same move and they call it something different. Like, that's really dumb to me. Um, I mean, really dumb. Like, I wrote, like, almost a paragraph about how that really bothered me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man. I mean, Baszler goes over with the rear naked choke, whatever they're calling it in NXT. It's a rear naked choke. Um, honestly, I, this, all right, this is what I wrote. It's crazy that this match is the worst match of the night to me. Like, because this was a great match. It was a great match. This would have been easily the best match in a month if it was on Raw. But it wasn't. It was on this TakeOver. And this was the worst match of the night. And I still gave it a B minus. A B minus. Not a C, not a D. A B minus. Like, this is the worst match of the show, and it got a B minus. Like, dude, you can't. This show, by the way, I know a lot of people have kind of poo pooed on this takeover, which is super strange to me because I honestly thought that the WrestleMania takeover was way worse than this. I didn't think it was Man. nearly as good as everyone else said it was. So but far, show, yeah, yeah. So yeah. far, I have it. I gave the first match an A. Other than that, everything's been Bs. B pluses, yeah. B minus, yeah. up and down. I haven't given phenomenal anything show. lower than a B. The Dude, first match was an show. A. Like, I mean, this in my show, and, and I've argued, you know, we have a little Facebook group that we, you know, we've got about 150 people in there, and we, we were all pretty good friends, and we just, you know, we've been talking about things for the past five or six years. And, man, they were poo-pooing on me because I was super into this this whole show. And they were like, oh, it wasn't as good as AEW. Bro, was it, though? Was it? Or you're just being a mark. Exactly. Are you just trying to to fluff something that Vince McMahon is not doing? Because, now don't get me wrong, we we covered this show last week. You can check it out in our archives. Please go check it out. Our AEW show has doubled our downloads, so please go check that out. We loved it. We love AEW. We hope so hard that that company makes it. We only want them to make it. it it's only going to make our show better. It's only going to make 
a better situation for the fans. But to say like to say that this show that show was better than the past like ten years WrestleManias, or we haven't seen a show like that in fifteen years, bruh. NXT on Saturday, this past Saturday, was better than Double or Nothing. It was. Double or Nothing was a great show. It was different. It was different. It was a different show. It was a true alternative. But to me, NXT's TakeOver was better than Double or Nothing. Don't get me wrong. I'm still pumped for for AEW. I'm stoked to watch their next two pay-per-views. We will definitely be covering them. I'm super pumped to see what they do. But I enjoyed this TakeOver far more than Double or Nothing. Man. That's gonna bring us back over to 1999, and let's just kill it, man. Let's just let's just let's just end out this entire. Dang. You know what? Yeah. I feel like this is where the show is going. We haven't had a knockout. We haven't had a like a home run, a knock it out of the park where one side wins. But I feel like we're just going there. It's just happening right yeah. now. We might as well just just crush this whole thing. But let's go. Saying that this next match in 99 on Hardcore Heaven was pretty solid as far as like. Fan value, I enjoyed not on a work rate level, but as far as a fan pop, I enjoyed a lot of this, man. I mean, let's just open up with the segment right after Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam, this backstage segment again. And this is where it really felt apparent to me, especially with the Bully Ray or Bubba Ray promo, that it was like they spent the entire show building up the Dudleys to be a main event foe or an actual adversary for Taz. Uh, And honestly, they did a good job, but it wasn't the best job. Like, they did the best they could with a pay-per-view time slot to make it happen, but it wasn't accurately done. Uh, And then Shane Douglas bails on the company. Right. Which is funny. And now you have, like... So, Shane Douglas bails on the company, but Heyman... You get somebody better. With a new, yeah, exactly. Heyman pulled through. He pulled through. So the next match here is going to be just incredible versus Psycho Sid or just Sid, you know, because WWF owned the name. It was a cool surprise. I feel like they 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 hold with the old rule of wrestling. If you can't deliver on the match you advertised, you have to deliver something better. You have to. It can't be the same. It can't be an equivalent. It has to be better. And Paul Heyman delivered, dude. Like, it was a cool surprise. It wasn't even really a match. It was more of like a segment because it was mm-hmm. so fast-paced and there was so much that happened. Uh, I mean, it was kind of like a glorified squash match in the beginning. But by the time Lance Storm hit the ring, there was so much denim. Like, there was so... Uh, this is what I wrote. There was so much denim involved that I felt like I was at a NASCAR tailgate. Like, hey now, because only NASCAR fans know how to bring that level of denim and trash Ah. to an actual sporting event. But anyway, Sabu hits the ring like pretty soon after that and all hell breaks loose. I mean, it was cool for what it was. It was it was it it wasn't even a match. It was like this to me defined defined why ECW was as popular as it was, because it wasn't really a match. It wasn't really an angle. It was just emotion and high spot and hype and like pump and adrenaline it was it was crash tv but the best way it could have been delivered so i actually ended up giving this whole segment three stars 
which would be like a C plus or a B minus because it was so just so much intensity and everything was placed well. There was a, a good amount of fluidity between spots. It, it seemed it felt seamless, and that's a hard thing to pull off. And that's that's honestly more of a credit to the talent than the booking. But the talent on paper, this looks like dog shit. But the talent pulled it off really, really, really well. What did you think about Just Incredible versus Sid and all the antics that were involved? Man, you know, so I popped for Sid. It was a, it was. I had no idea what was happening watching the show. I didn't know Sid was coming out, so I popped. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Cyclo Sid!" That's crazy. The crowd was so hyped, which is funny because ECW is supposed to be so you know we're better than everybody else for ECW, but then they popped so hard for a WWE WCW guy like Sid. That's funny. Yeah. So that was cool. And it popped me too. That made me like the whole segment. Like you said, I gave the segment a C minus, which is weird to give it even a C minus because what actually happened was nothing. You know, uh, I didn't like that. It was a D disqualification, but then you got Lance storm coming out. Then Sabu came out and all that. I gave it a C minus, but then if I may, let's go on to the next match. Yeah, ECW. absolutely. Let's ended it ended yeah. there is it was Bubba versus Taz, which uh, if you turn your volume up to 100 to hear what was actually said backstage without any, you know, professional miking right? or anything ah, to hear man. what the heck was going on, they supposedly were supposed to have a match, I guess. Um, and it wasn't that much of a match at, at that. Um, the crowd, uh, they, they went in and out of the crowd. Sorry, they went in and out of the crowd. There wasn't that much of a match. They they were barely in the ring. They went in and out of the crowd. The crowd seemed to love it, though. They were, like, very into the, the crowd. Let's say this, though. The crowd all night on the ECW show were acting like this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I think you touched on that to begin with. Like, they loved it. Dude, they, they were, were so hot. They yeah, were into sure. it. Even yeah. to the end, even in yeah. this match, like after all that terrible stuff that they just went through, just it was so bad. There was very little good wrestling, very little great wrestling there, and they were still so into it. That was good, you know. I I, I appreciated that, but there was very little much to appreciate in this Bubba versus Taz match. I don't really have much to say. Taz wins. Um, they were out of the ring. Um, it was not my kind of match. There was, you know, they went all through the crowd. I think they went outside for a little bit. Then they came back. Not my cup of tea. I gave it a D. What did you think? Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, I ended up giving this match a pretty, a pretty, a pretty similar grade. Um, I mean, it just, again, it, uh, like you said, it, it felt very thrown together. What I've been saying like this entire show, it just felt like, it just felt like it was their last minute option. I mean, I imagine you'd have to book this like a squash for Taz just because like he's your champion. You you built all the way up to a different a whole different main event like leading into this pay-per-view <clears throat> and just it wasn't what you advertised. Um so you have to kind of make it a squash for Taz. And it can't be too long. Uh and I feel like they did a pretty poor job of making Bubba like a credible, like a credible singles wrestler. Because even all those vignettes and all those like in between matches things, they were Dudley boys. Like it was, it wasn't just one of them. And then all, right. all of a sudden, oh, now Devon can't wrestle. It's it, 
that was that was poorly booked. And hindsight's twenty twenty, man. It's been you know twenty years. There's no way for them to really know. But I gave this about you know about the same, about a D plus, honestly, more of like actually more of like a D plus. Um, I mean, there was a couple cool spots in there, uh, but it just, I mean, they really tried to turn it into like a Dusty Rhodes versus Terry Funk type vibe with the slow pace type match. But I just didn't get invested, and I, I feel like the crowd didn't either, and that's where they lacked. Like, it's not that either one of these guys couldn't work. And it's not honestly like, if you took the crowd, honestly, if you took the crowd and commentary completely out, you took all of the show out up until this, and you just showed me bell to bell what happened, I would have rated this match significantly higher. But leading up to this, to this be the main event of your pay-per-view in 99? When someone paid fifty dollars for this, like, dude, yeah, D, easily a D, and only a D because Taz was good. Like, man, just just really rough. But you know what? That's gonna lead us back to the last match uh, in NXT. And man, this if this, whew, if this is not a classic, bro. If this is not, oh, I mean, I. Damn match. Like, I can't wait is... to wreck your world. Oh, I can't bro, wait dude. to come in KG wreck as a mofo. Wreck. Okay. You, want... right. you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and kick this off. I then. think you I... should do it so I can come in and just crumble it all. Bruh. Okay. So legit rotated for this match is HBK. It's Shawn Michaels, by the way. Shawn Michaels is the road agent for this match. He, he is the Pat Patterson of this match. He helped put this match together. He's in Gorilla. He's talking to the referee during this match to keep everybody on pace with the script. Bro, the crowd was so hot for this match, dude. So that alone, regardless of what you thought about how they did it or how long it was, the crowd was into this match. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Incredible opening sequences, though. Like, incredible chain wrestling into like there were some iron man spots in there like some some hbk like bret hart spots from that iron man match that that found its way into this that i popped for super hard um dude i mean it felt like it almost felt like with the baby face and heel it felt like hbk 95 wrestling hbk 97 that's what it felt like it felt like Joey, or I'm sorry, I can't believe I just said Joey. Johnny Gargano was the baby face Sean. Like, I just won my title. I am, you know, post-WrestleMania 10, baby face. You know, we're going to push out these all these gloves and these glasses and these hats. Shawn Michaels. Cass is buying into me now, Shawn Michaels. Versus, yeah. it's about to be D-Generation X. I'm way off script. I'm drugged up. I'm a super heel. That's what it felt like. It felt very much HBK 95 versus HBK 97. Um, I mean, I know Cass is going to hate all the super kick spots. I even wrote, I literally wrote that down. Like, I know he's going to shit on this, but I thought they were actually pretty well placed. I felt like it wasn't like a, a Young Bucks match where they're just, Super kick after super kick to pop indie fans. It was really well placed to me. Um, 
I mean, I, I honestly thought it was pretty well done that they worked the right side of Johnny Gargano instead of the the you know stereotypical pro wrestling left side. They worked his right side because that was the actual need that he had surgery on. You may have even missed that. That's an, a really subtle thing, but like, dude, like that's really cool. It's really hard as a wrestler. Again, like as a bare bones basic minimum wrestler but knowing like the basics like it's very hard to work on the right side when you're so used to doing everything on the left so uh, another tip of the cap to these guys the false finishes were absolutely perfect well placed adam cole goes over after the canadian destroyer the you know sunset flip into a pile driver that lead right into a knee against the back of the head the only reason why this match wasn't four and a half stars was because I feel like you should just drop the knee to the back of the head altogether and just do that pile driver, like the flipping pile driver finish. That's way better. That that Canadian destroyer just in there. That's it. That would have been way better to me. But I gave this match four stars. So B plus. I mean, like almost an A. Like, it was so close. They honestly, I felt like, could have used five more minutes to make this match a little bit better. But I can see you just stirring and brooding over there. So the KG cast mm. the kid much. Let Lead me get us. in. What's the, what was this main event for you? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So, okay. I like both of these guys. I love Shawn Michaels. I think both... Of these guys are the next showstoppers. I think, you know, they're the next guys that are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Better than Bo Dallas, that who you thought was going to be a huge star. Better than Neville, who you thought was going to be a huge star. Not me. Not me. You're just saying. I know, but I'm talking about the company. Yeah, yeah. I don't want people. (laughs) Champions. Right. Better than Sami Zayn, that you thought was going to be a huge star, who's not. Stop pushing him. God, please don't. All right, so the crowd was very hype going into this. I'm saying some good things right now. The crowd is very hype. Cole, Adam, I, I, come on, Adam Cole, he's so beautiful. I mean, I just want to just stare into his like, eyes. Does he I'm, not look just like Sean? Like, I mean, he like does. Before the lazy eye. Before, oh, the, before lazy the lazy eye. eyes. I just, I mean, every now and then I get lost. I mean, he is a beautiful son of a bee. Beautiful son of a um, bee. You know, uh, going to the match, very good heat. It had a good big match feel. I really like that. The fans seemed to really want Cole. The fans really were were behind him. Um, Cole seemed a little bit more over. Uh, man, Cole's eyes though. Let's just go back. Cole's eyes. I just want to just daze him. Just want to look at him. He's no. So man. this match right away. Let me tell you. I could sum this match up. It was a it was an indie five star match. It was every indie guy. Yeah, okay, I agree. Yeah. There was very little psychology anywhere in this match that, yeah. that I did I could not find it. I still don't see it. Okay, there was uh, it was not their fault that every other match of the night was using the false finish uh, trick to make people go, but then I to make people you know come. But I also have to realize that i'm 29 years old i'm gonna be 30 in september all these guys that are wrestling and gals are my age 
and they grew up loving Shawn Michaels. And I know, I definitely know Gargano's favorite Shawn Michaels. I don't know about Cole. He definitely seems like that's his favorite. Um, they all want to fuck you, man. They fuck all, you. everyone on this show is younger than me. Literally everyone on the show is younger Dude, than we're me. Talking about and me. I feel like I'm, I'm giving them more of a you. rub than you are. You're, you're way too old. So you're not even in this conversation. We're talking about me. You're you're like an old man. Okay. We're talking about me right now. Okay. So all these guys are trying to replicate Shawn Michaels, Taker, false finish because they glorified and showed everybody how to have a false finish match that made it so beautiful and and it was so fun to watch so everybody tried to do that the thing that sucks was every match tried to do it this show i mean there's no way it's not even an argument every match tried to do the false finish trick and they all did it the problem with this match was that it was the last match to do it while everybody else was trying to do the false finish and then the other problem was is that they did way too many false finishes where it got so repetitive and they lost it for me. It was not good. Um, and then you have, and then also to add on top of that, you had this is awesome chants, which is not their fault, but just fight forever was another chant that went on. I don't know if we can stop that. I don't know if we can put like a, a one of the announcements out there, but guys, I don't know why you say fight forever or this is awesome, but I mean how cheesy and dumb you sound. I don't know how to tell you, but it's 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 terrible. And you actually take from the match. Um, again, the commentary was amazing. It helped them. There was a bunch of no selling. They did a revert. Watch the match. I tell you, I tell you, Daniel, you love this match. They did a reverse Frankenstein.er which looks like, I know you know the move, it looks like he's literally taking his knees, grabbing his head, and driving his head into the match, mat upside down, worse than a tombstone power driver. It's one of the worst moves you've ever seen. Your boy jumped up and then went on offense and started pounding the other man. It was very not what happened. It was very green. And and I want you to see a note because you said something about Shawn Michaels was is there no that is very correct. That's not what happened at all. Dude, he didn't what did I even wrote down what they called it? Over a reverse Rana. And he no sold a reverse He did not no sell it. He didn't no sell it at all. He okay, so he not no sell he took he took the reverse Rana camera. I don't and know how like, you're going to argue. He's, and he's, 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 he, he took the reverse runner, stumbles to his feet, and is out on his feet, and then hits a guy with a knee. That's not, that's not a guy no-selling. That's, that's no, that's the no, that's, 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 dude, that's so not a guy no-selling. So, so, so Shawn Michaels can, when did you ever see Shawn Michaels take the Tombstone Power Driver and then wobble up and hit a sweet chin music? You've never seen thing. it. Never. When did you ever see somebody same- take the Frankensteiner and jump up? It's it's, it's a it was the it's one when of the. When have I ever seen the, someone take the Frankensteiner and jump up? And in real wrestling, the ways, I'm talking bro. about I'm talking about whenever, I'm talking about whenever it was the Frankensteiner and the Frankensteiner was done by the Frankensteiners and they were their move was the Frankensteiner. Because, so 1994. So we're talking about like 20. When the Frankenstein. Well, because they did a reverse Frankenstein. That you don't do. Dude, he literally did one of the most – it was a beautiful move, and then he literally stumbled. It, it, yeah, I don't care what you say. That was that was 
it was dumb. It wasn't good. Disagree. It wasn't good wrestling. It it was yeah. It was disagree. If if you like indie wrestling and you like in the I like Shawn Michaels. I like the greatest I of like all time. Shawn, and I like Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels would never do that. And and let me find my note because I want to put it disagree. to the screen. No, you guys can't see it, but I wrote a note here. If you guys will bear with me, and it says I am sad. Shawn Michaels is the guy training them. Look right there. Oh, sh- not shocked. It says shocked. I'm gonna put that up there for Daniel. Let me put it. Shocked. It's okay. Sean it's okay. is it's okay. The guy it's okay to be wrong because that okay was terrible. I'm not wrong. Every I want everybody to. You watch. are wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. He took a revert, dude. He he literally flipped backwards, power drived his head into the ground, and then act. Acted like somebody he rolled him in with the, face. the momentum and was out on his feet and then delivered a knee to the fucking chin. That that's dude, not that's dude, not like dude, that's dude. not no selling. That, that's a that's well not, placed spot in 2019. That's a well placed spot. No, a really was, well placed spot. No, that was that was no selling. That was indie bullshit. Okay, 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 okay. okay. When have never, you ever that okay, would never okay, be okay? okay. Know, Back up. When have you ever seen a reverse Rana? Because we've been seeing a. For a while now. I mean, Bailey and Sasha Banks did one five years ago. We've been seeing them on shows for a long time. When have you ever seen that be a false finish? When have you ever seen someone get pinned after that? And it's not about fall- it being a false finish. It's about taking it, jumping right back up, and then hitting somebody. He's with not jump. He's rolling with momentum, and he. Uh, he he rolls through, plants his head, and then he's okay. stumbling on his Let's feet, and then delivers. So professional feet. wrestling is supposed to look like uh, it's supposed to look like a shoot fight mixed with a wrestling match, and you're supposed to make stuff look real. That's why when somebody hits you in the chin with a foot, it, you're supposed to fall down and act like you could take the pin for the one, two, three. So the fact that somebody can jump up on you, grab you by the head, and pile drive your head into the mat, which somebody else does that same move when they lift you up and pile drive your head in the mat, which always gives a one, two, three, or at least gives a one, two when you give somebody a DDT, that the fact that somebody's going to jump up and do some spectacular move, but you can roll with it. There's no such thing as rolling with it with head first into the mat. That's it a death-defying two food. fantastic wrestlers that make it look fluid. And you had Joey, Johnny, I said it No, again. you don't Johnny want it to Gargano. look fluid. That's there, a match yes, you that do. stops you the fucking... fluidity. I you don't disagree. want that to look fluid. You don't want a power driver to look fluid. That's supposed to stop the fluidity. And, the, and that's what I'm saying. That was the critique there. You don't do a move like that and jump up. That's the problem with the young guys today. That's why I'm shocked that Shawn Michaels is even training these guys. What are they doing? They, they, did, that, they did that over and over again. I, I, I challenge you to watch that match and not see the no-sells and the no-sells. Whenever you go back to the first match of the A of I said AEW, NXT match, <laughs> was with Riddle, Riddle and, uh, and, and uh, Strong, Strong, Roderick yeah. Strong, I gave that an A. They worked the body part. They didn't no-sell anything of that match. That was an A, that was an A match. This match gets a C-plus because of no-selling all the way. No sweat. And it drug I, on and right, on and on. And the no-sells were way too much. Dude, the okay, women did okay. a good no- job of no-selling. Everybody mm. did a good job of no-selling mm. that night except for this match. Mm. And I okay. understand that they weren't planning on everybody else doing no-selling. Or no, I keep saying no-selling. I'm sorry. Let me revert. 
um, false finish. Um, every other match did the they they did fault no selling. I'll say that, but every other match did the false finish, and they weren't planning on all those other matches to do false finishes. And I understand that, but they did way too many false finishes. That really took. They kept going on and on and on with the false finishes, plus the no selling. The the highest honor this match could get is a C plus, and I like I really like both of these men. There was no selling and false finishes. And let me say it again. I understand every other match on the NXT card had a false finish. I get it. But they did like 15 false finishes. And then it got to the point where it was like, Jesus Christ, come on. We know who's winning. Get it going. He's no selling the whole match. Let's go. We know who's winning this match. So I know that you and I both don't really uh, invest too much into the overall ratings of uh, one David Meltzer. But uh, Dave Meltzer gave this match five stars, and he does not give those out very Dave frequently. Dave Meltzer. No, I agree. I, I, I honestly do agree with that. But, uh, dude, like, you, you're just off on this. It's okay. It's okay. It's a, you know what? Dude, pro, pro wrestling I, is, I, I is based on opinion, dude. It is. It is based on a, Okay, all right. Yo, look. You know, we're we're towards the we're pretty much at the end of this episode. And if you agree with the KG Castlesh, please God, send us a tweet and let us know because I feel like no one agrees with KG Cass on this one. But yo, if you got hate for Ka- for Cass, I'm if you right. agree with him, dude, if you've got some notes for KG Cass, trust me, we read every tweet that comes our way. Please send us something. Let us know how we're doing, man. At kfabecom, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Man, cast, though. So, all right, let's just wrap this whole thing up, man. I wrap feel like we've been going back and forth this whole this whole time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I feel like there were some great matches on the ECW show that kind of surprised me. Jerry Lynn, RVD, was a great match. It was. No matter wh- which way you cut it, it was a great match. Uh, you know... The Taka match was decent. Uh, the Jerry and Guido match was decent. They had some good quality products here. They, they gave me a lot of variety. And that's one thing that I'll say for them they did that NXT didn't do. NXT gave me modern style wrestling for five matches. There was no down matches here. And honestly, like at the end of the day for me, NXT won this battle. They won this kayfabe comparison to me. They were the winner, but there was not a whole lot of diversity as far as how they were trying to sell these matches. And I felt like the show suffered because of it. So to me, overall, overall, I ended up giving the 99 ECW Hardcore Heaven with a bunch of duds two and a half stars, which is generous. And I gave the NXT show... Three and three quarter stars. So almost four stars, about a C plus to a B minus, pretty much a B. Pretty solid show. In my opinion, NXT 25 beats 1999 Hardcore Heaven handedly. KG, cast the kid lush. Give me your overall breakdown of 1999 ECW Hardcore Heaven versus NXT's. Take over 25. 
I, if I may, I want to take another 30 minutes to argue this. No, no, I'm kidding. So I gave, let's let me, t- let me Tune break it down this week. <laughs> so I gave an A, three B's and a C plus on the NXT show. Okay. So B plus on average, a B plus. If you were, so, if this was yeah, your, yeah. Yeah. your overall, maybe a B plus. I would say that was a B plus. Man, my grades on that ECW show, I don't even want to go back to look because they weren't that great. The best that show is going to get is a D. I'm going to have to go NXT, man. That ECW show was fun to watch. I actually enjoy doing stuff like that. I enjoy watching that. So that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, you know, it's good seeing Jerry Lynn and his prime like that and all those other guys. But, Mostly. man, uh, I'd probably hold off on doing another ECW show. That's just my yeah. opinion. I think we yeah. can pick a couple and that's the cool you know honestly that's what's fun about it dude absolutely yeah and this is our little plug here too for the wwe network man we we are lucky enough to have access to a lot of different companies and a lot of different pay-per-views a lot of different big shows so So we're gonna keep keep changing up for our fans because you guys seem to be catching on you seem to be enjoying the vibe and again if there's any suggestions from our listeners please please hit us up on instagram or twitter uh, that's where to find us. You can also find us on Facebook. If you search for Kayfabe Comparisons, you can find us there as well. But most of our interaction is going to be done on Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, dude, I I have a great time doing all of these shows. This is really cool because we got to do, you know, two completely separate ideas that we have never covered. We never covered NXT. We've never covered ECW. So it was really cool to do this. Uh, and you know what, dude? Let me go ahead and say... I am really pumped for next week, dude. We have the Super Showdown, and the WWE is trying their damnedest to make this the equivalent of the of a, of a WrestleMania, which we all know is laughable at best. We're going to see the old man versus the retiree and Goldberg and Undertaker. It's going to be cool matches on there, too. They've kind of filled out the card. But you know, so, you know, an episode ago... Or uh, two episodes ago, rather, we covered Judgment Day, which is the ECW, you know, um, the bloodbath of Eddie Guerrero. So we have to go ahead and cover a 15-year-ago Raw exclusive, and we're going to see a, may, possibly another bloodbath, possibly another huge main event, which is HBK versus his best friend in the world, Triple H, in a Hell in a Cell match. And that's going to go up against our Super Showdown from this year. So we have a 15-year comparison. Man, I am I am so pumped, man. And we're going to have a little bit of a break after this, uh, before the next big special from WWE. So we're going to have some time to kind of like reco- you know, reconvene and, and think about what we're going to do for the next series of shows after this. So if you have any input at all, if there's anything that you, you feel like you want to see, if there's a pay-per-view from yesteryear, from the nostalgia days that you really want to hear us cover, or even if there's an indie show, if there's a Ring of Honor show, if there's a, a new AEW show, whatever you want to hear, let us know. New Japan, whatever. We'll cover whatever you guys want to hear. Please find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at KFabeCom, K-A-Y-F-A-B-C-O-M. I am mm. Daniel John Schaefer. This is the KG mm. Cat Flush, and we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode we will see you guys again next thursday be sure to subscribe please leave us a five star review on apple Podcasts. if you find us on spotify or google please leave us a great review there as well kgcast take us home how you feeling about this week and next week bro 
I am so excited. Thank you guys for listening. Keep it on. Subscribe. Do your thing. Give us the review. Peace. Peace.